Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 49 of All This and World War II. This is the final page of the book, and it's not even a page of the adventure, not really. It's just six slender columns with stat blocks for the six West Coast Avengers depicted in the art in this book. These would be the default player characters for this adventure, so their stats are in the back of the book, presumably so that, like, the GM can refer to them for secret roles. If you don't happen to have your judge's book or whatever at hand, For these characters' stats, you've got them here in the module ready to go if you're divvying up the characters. It's actually a great feature. Lots of games have moved in the direction of having modules that you can run straight out of the book, like they reprint monster stats and that sort of thing, so you don't need to have a bunch of books open. But one of the advantages of having this very streamlined face-rip system is that you can have these concise character write-ups such that you can fit six whole superheroes in all their mechanical complexity, pretty much, onto this one page, and you can even run the player characters out of the book. If you know the basic rules and have a copy of the Universal Table, almost entirely you could run this adventure with just this book. Not quite, because if you're going to give Private Contigo Berenger a chance to fight for his life, which you should, we owe him that at least, you're going to need to consult his stats, which are the stats of a generic soldier from the judge's book. But other than that, yeah, this book has almost everything you need. The idea of this page is impeccable, and the execution is not bad either. All the relevant stats are here, easy to read. We don't get the full write-ups for all of the different powers, but that really only causes problems in a few places. Vision's density manipulation is a little more complicated than this page can bear. Ditto Scarlet Witch's hex powers, but we can't hold that against this book. I don't know how many pages it would take to adequately explain Scarlet Witch's powers in a printed medium, uh, because we're still waiting. Any minute now, I'm sure, we'll have a, a total lock on exactly what Scarlet Witch's deal is. Though, of course, comic books being comic books, contradictions arise at roughly double the rate of clarifications. This is what makes being a comic book continuity buff the most Sisyphusian of nerd hobbies. Aside from the three characters who have full stat blocks elsewhere in the book, Moon Knight, Vision, and Scarlet Witch, we also get Hawkeye, Tigra, and Wonder Man. Now, Hawkeye is not really amenable to this format because he has all these different kinds of arrows. And there's not really room to explain how they're different from one another mechanically. Like, he has an acid arrow that only has a range of three, but it does monstrous damage. I don't know if that's the only thing that makes acid different from, like, explosives or whatever. But, I mean, Hawkeye is probably the defining member of the West Coast Avengers, so you gotta have him here. Tigra and Wonder Man are much easier to sum up here. Although, of course, these stats don't really give you a sense of the character. If you didn't know them, these stats wouldn't tell you the whole story. Absent any other biographical information, imagining who they would be based on their talents is a process I would love to see happen at a table somewhere. Wonder Man, who, I remind you, has unearthly strength, like as strong as Thor or Baseline Hulk before Hulk gets real mad. Monstrous Endurance, almost as good. 225 health, which is a ton. Amazing body armor, invulnerable to heat and cold, doesn't need to breathe. But best of all, his talents sound like a very suspicious self-introduction by a guy who's about to sell you something. Wonder Man's talents are stuntman, actor, and businessman. If someone introduces themselves, Hi, I'm stuntman, actor, and businessman Simon Williams. As you know, my body is made of ions, but I've also been keeping my eye on the price of gold. Don't trust them. All three of these things can't be relevant. 
This is a man grasping in every direction for credibility. Uh, Tigra just has biology. Based on her powers, you would think Tigra would have, you know, stealth, fighting ability, maybe some martial arts. Maybe she'd have acrobatics. She is a cat, after all. But no, she has all the powers of a Catwoman, but the single talent of a STEM-minded individual who has succeeded in avoiding all extracurriculars and electives. She must have been one of those people with a monomaniacal class schedule in college. Like, what do I have this week? Biology, zoology, molecular biology, math for biologists, technical writing for biologists, Krebs cycle practicum. Got to get my PE credits in there. So yeah, the, the very one dimensionality of this list is like another dimension to Tigra, who seems like she would be more fun than that. But alternative character interpretations aside, everything you would need to play these characters is here. So I've got to go pretty fundamental for the dumbest thing in this page. And it's something I've mentioned before. Vision, I love you. You're one of my childhood favorites. You've got cool powers. You've got a distinctive look. In continuity, you tried to take over the world like three months ago, and you got right back on the horse and you're out there superheroing again. That shows a lot of gumption. Good for you. Buddy, you do not need to be in this adventure. For such a tightly constructed adventure, for better or worse, the progress of this adventure depends upon things going the way that the author intends them to go. The vision has been a threat to that at every turn. I mean, all the way from the time we got that mysterious package and wondered why Vision didn't just like stick his face in there and light up his little forehead diamond and take a look. The Vision has been foiling the author's best efforts to railroad us. You know, I'm actually curious about this. I Let me live on mic. Let me go back through this adventure and think about what happens if it's just Vision. Like, what if Nick Fury calls up Vision and is like, I'm working on a secret project for Not Quite Shield, and I searched for plus robot plus superhero in our files and your name came up. Let's say you come down to New Mexico and help me out with this thing. What what happens then? What if Vision goes alone? I remind you that in addition to walking through walls and flying, Vision can also increase his density uh, to gain very effective body armor. He can go up to Incredible, so that he has Incredible body armor with no penalty. If he wants, he can go up from there to Monstrous, but he'll start suffering column shifts to his fighting and agility abilities. But that only matters if he needs to win fights and he's in a hurry, really. Even if he starts to get a little clumsy once he's approaching the density of Diamond, you know, if you can't hurt him, he's going to get you eventually. And his charging attacks do a ton of damage when he's that heavy. So yeah, with the body armor, the intangibility, and the flight, how would Vision alone handle all these challenges? Uh, with his incredible body armor, there's nothing Cavalier can do to hurt him, and he is strong enough to hurt Cavalier. Blautote commandos, once they run in, can't hurt him. His performance on the clue trail should be fine, but it's irrelevant because, as we know, if your detective skills fail you, Nick Fury will pull you aside and catch you up on what's going on. Uh, Vision might get surprised by Corruptman with the laser rifle, but once he gets his armor up, the laser rifle can't hurt him. I guess Vision alone would be less able to keep the three American soldiers safe right after the initial time travel to 1943. So we might lose Private Behringer. Although when it comes to the actual combat of that encounter, Vision would be able to fly right into the Panzer and just attack the tank crew. So that would be a nice short fight. Vision alone in the bunker part of the story, like there's no story there with Vision, right? He can't be knocked out by the knockout gas. He can't be caught by the trap. He can't be kept out of the observing area. There's no way for Red Skull to get him to the hypno wash. So if Hitler's here already, I think Vision's probably going to capture him. If not, then Red Skull's just going to have to flee because he is not equipped to really deal with Vision at all. Romania flies straight to the castle. Per the text, he would get zapped by the trap and knocked out. But then when he wakes up on the roof, just phase over to the secret weapon, phase on inside. You probably steal it very easily, since you don't need to find a hatch or like break in or anything. He could just fly right into the cockpit and take off. Nothing Baron Blood can do to him, really. Glue's no good against Vision, so Zemo's got nothing. I mean, he's got his death ray, but that's nothing. If Vision survived one round of the ambush in General Dozer's office, he turned intangible and sink into the ground at that point, take out the Nazis at his leisure, or get his body armor high enough that none of their weapons can hurt him. 
I mean, I guess mechanically the war game at the end is the only thing you might have trouble with with only one unit to aid the allies. And Vision will definitely have taken out the secret weapon, so you won't have that flying saucer flying around. Yeah, I, I think one player playing Vision not only could complete this adventure, but would actually achieve a lot more, a lot more quickly than Vision plus even one more character. Because the author found no effective way to rein him in at all, except to have his poor non-intangible wife there so that Vision has to stick around and watch out for her. Not to in any way diminish Scarlet Witch, who is obviously a powerhouse in her own right, but as her powers stand right now, they're not as disruptive to the plot as Vision's, because this is fundamentally a D&D adventure. Like, that's why this is the dumbest thing in this page. There are so many different kinds of superhero stories you can tell. Even in 1989, the superhero genre already encompassed so many different kinds of storytelling, and role-playing itself has the opportunity to broaden that even further. Notwithstanding that potential, this adventure in its bones is D&D and spandex. And hack and slash D&D just does not work very well for an adventurer who considers all walls purely optional. As much as I love Vision, as much fun as he is, and as much as he fits in really well with like Human Torch, Scarlet Witch here, with the adventure as it stands, he's simply too disruptive. Absolutely the wrong choice for this module. That's the dumbest thing in this page. And I guess the meta dumbest thing is the fruitless effort to contain him throughout this adventure. Like he shouldn't be here, given that he is. You can't just plan for him to act like he forgot that he can walk his ass right through walls. Join me next time as we complete all this and World War II with a look at the back cover on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.